0: The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California...
1: Welcome to The Winemakers. Local experts Sam Couture, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss
0: all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week.
2: Hey everybody, it's The Winemakers, and welcome to our show as Bart... No, Brian, not, that's
0: quite a pour. Yeah,
2: that was, was a
3: I, good pour, it didn't Brian. did seem like it was... Uh, <laughs>
0: Making any noise there. I mean, I, our our guest is going to have to open another bottle of v I know. I
3: think I'm just used to pouring so quietly. I can't do it loudly like Sam does. Well, he's got a talent for pouring, doesn't
2: he? he so, does. <laughs> Well, everybody, we are the winemakers. Sitting across from me is Bart Hansen and Karen Robinson and also Brian Casey. Karen, I've been drinking near Syrah's for a long time, and it's a real pleasure to get you on the show, man.
1: Believe oh, thank, me. Thanks for having me, and thanks for the support.
3: Oh, absolutely! Well, it was a long time coming too. We've been trying to get Karen on. Feels like a couple of months, but um, things have, you know, been happening around here. Well, it was,
0: it was before harvest, and then harvest came, and then
4: the fires came. And, <laughs> right, right. <laughs>
2: everything else. Yeah, that's why. That's why. Back to reality on this show is a good title because yeah. we are. Um, I was around uh, over the weekend. We had some guests last weekend, and and. Um, and this, uh, visitors from out of town. Took them all over downtown. Everybody was packed uh, from Sam's Place uh, at 16600 to uh, I went to Jeff Cohn's. It was packed, um, and that's pretty good for a new tasting lounge. Yeah.
0: We uh, we uh, reopened uh, up at Lasseter this weekend. and I saw that. Yeah. They had a wine club um, pickup party for them on Saturday and Sunday, and it was very well attended, and... Um, so back you know, to reality. So back to reality. Yeah, I actually, I, I had to clean the floors at the winery last Friday. So, um, You'll do anything, though. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to do anything.
3: Well, that's <laughs> uh, that's a good thing. You know, makes you totally indispensable. Believe me,
4: right. that's right.
3: <laughs> and we were actually busy at Sante Saturday night. We had a full restaurant awesome. and fully staffed, and yeah. all the you know the GM and the FMB director all came around and said, "Wow, it's so nice to see all you guys here working." So it was good feeling. Oh, cool. perfect. So you are back. Um, you did get into
2: the winery during the yeah. Fire you know, period. You uh, yes. had some some downs to do, and
0: yeah. I mean, you know, again, I, I think the last show you, that you guys did live, I think you summed up the fire. Um, but yeah, I had a little bit of an adventure. You know, we um, we are on Dunbar Road, so essentially, uh, you know, north of Glen Ellen, and um, yeah, there's a lot of devastation around us. But there's also a lot of people, you know... A lot of beauty. There's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of uh, a lot of support. Everybody seems to be real enthused about getting in and working on their houses. Um, the uh, utilities guys all appear to be done. And now it's all the tree trimmers are going in and cutting up and chipping up trees. I which actually is...
3: came to uh, Cream Canyon, Bennett Valley, and yeah. it was, I had to stop several times because of tree trimmers. Yep. And
0: yeah, And I think that rain kind of cleaned up some stuff. It's not quite so black. It's a little more brown. It looks... Just more wintry to me. We'll get
2: a little green fuzz growing that's now. That's like, you know?
0: It's funny. Um, at Lasseter, there's areas along, on the outskirts, different parts of property, where obviously there must have laid down some water trying to put down fires. And that's already grown back green grass. Wow. Um, so it happens very quickly. It well, does. And the, and the
3: leaves are turning too. So the right. whole way here, you're looking at uh, red, brown, right. gold. Well, uh, and uh, out in the we vineyard. drove by Kundi and you know, I mean, that is
2: one hell of a property. I mean, it's just this mountainside that you see as far as you can see on Highway 12. And there are levels of color because there's gold, light yellow, gold, reds. It it really is stunning.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really is a typical beautiful fall in wine country this year. Um, You know, it's just there's an extra um, color that's normally not there. And I think right. again, like <laughs> Sam said last time, uh, depending on the shadow and depending on where the sun yeah. is, you, sometimes it's hard to tell, but, um, anyway, yeah, we're back to normal at Lasseter. We opened this weekend. Um, we are done pressing all of our grapes. We did harvest some stuff that was after, um, picked after the fires and, um, you know, some of them, tested a little high in the uh, in the chemical compound, and some of them did not. Um, at this point, not one single one of them smells. I mean, I've had my head in these tanks, and um, they all smell beautiful. So I, I I don't know. I guess time will tell exactly what happens.
2: What do you um, think? How's it going for you?
1: Uh, it's going well. Um,
2: Kieran, I'm sorry I didn't introduce you, and we are on radio, so
3: I should. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, Kieran, why don't you... Uh, Kind of introduce yourself, uh, who you are, and and basically your you know your uh, uh, history and where you came from, how you came to California.
1: So I am Kieran of Kieran Robinson Wines. Uh, we make specifically Rhone varieties, concentrating on Viognier and Syrah. Um, so I I grew up on the East Coast uh, in Philadelphia and went to Ithaca College, and that's where I got my. Uh, my start in wine.
2: In school, you studied uh, no, it in I Philadelphia. Was an,
1: I was an environmental science major. I oh, oh, cool. started drinking. It was not okay. It? Yeah. <laughs> well, I needed a. Is part... Is that
4: the vineyard? Yeah. It May is.
1: I? I think uh,
2: I, I think needed a, an extra uh, class over there. Brian. No, I'll grab you
4: one job.
1: I needed a part-time job uh, as a student. So, what better place than to go get a job at one of the wineries in the Finger Lakes? Um, So it was fall semester, so I started, you know, working in the vineyard, picking, uh, and then just helping out on the crush pad, and then the winter, um, started helping out in the tasting room, and I just really fell in love with the business. I enjoyed being outside and working with my hands um people
2: do that don't they i mean they get involved what happened to me as a seller rat and doing things just and fall in love with it that's amazing yeah
1: you really get a sense of i don't know accomplishment when you you know you're working with your hands and then finally you have this finished product that you know you get to 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 drink and have fun with and the wine the
2: wines up in the finger lake area i mean having not been there but you know having read about it Mm -hmm. they score well they i mean have great popularity and
1: yeah, and they're getting better. White, For a while, right? it was you know mom and pop operations, but there's people putting, uh, there's people putting some money up there, and yeah. and you know people coming from learning out here or in Europe, ah, and going back there instead of you know coming out to California
0: to to you know touch what you said about falling in love when the, my first boss at Kenwood summed it up to me why he loved it so much a long time ago, and that was look what you do you grow the grapes. Mm-hmm. Then you harvest them. Then you make the wine. Then you bottle the wine. Then you sell the wine. And the best part is you get to drink it. Right. You know. Right. And and that was really that Mike is. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: A very well-known guy.
0: Yeah.
4: yeah
2: obviously. Yeah. And 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 look at the property they have. So that's right next to Kunde. So Correct. but anyway, so what got you to California from the Finger Lakes?
1: So then I moved back to Philadelphia and I actually worked at a winery outside of Philadelphia for 3 years.
3: Whoa, um, whoa, stop. Hold on a sec. I didn't know. Yeah, right. so what kind of grapes were they growing there?
1: Uh, they were growing vinifera and hybrids. Right. French American hybrids. So um, you know, vinifra was Pinot, Cab, Cab Franc, Merlot, um, Chardonnay. We were buying Riesling from the Finger Lakes. Um, and then some of the French American hybrids, like one, one popular one. And I know it's, it's popular in Australia actually is a grape called Chamberson. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was like probably my favorite of the hybrids. And then some of the whites were, Vignoles, Vidal Blanc, Saval Blanc, mm-hmm. um, very kind of acid-driven, fruity wines.
0: So, for those of us that don't know, what is the besides in the summer being humid and the winters being cold? What is the typical weather in that grape growing
3: area? Well, yeah, I just see the Eagle games when they're playing in the snow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, is there problems with winter
1: die-off? Some years, I mean, it's not you know. Maybe once every 10 years, you get that really deep. But they have they do things in the vineyards to kind of counteract that. And, um, you know, basically, and, you know, in the Finger Lakes at some point, you know, if they think they're going to have a bad winter, if they get snow early, they actually pile the snow onto the vines. So they actually insulate them. Okay. Um, Whoa. So you'll see. Pile the snow, not dirt. Yeah. Well, if... They're, if you're lucky enough to get snow early enough, right. you can put the snow up, and that actually keeps them from getting too cold.
4: But just up the,
3: up the trunk of the,
1: up the trunk. Yeah.
3: So almost like an igloo, like the. Right,
1: but they're. I mean, they're more <laughs> like of a European style height, so they're only. A root protector. A foot. Yeah. Off of the ground where they're where they're pruning them. Wow. Uh, yeah, um, and that's for two reasons. So they can bury them, and you get to get more kind of heat radiation off the ground. Right. So, um, mm-hmm.
2: And it keeps it in a little bit yeah. too.
1: In terms of the climate, yeah, it's um, humid and. But I mean, I know this year they they had a great. I still keep in touch with uh, people back there, and they had a great growing season yeah. this year. Yeah. It was kind of a, a warm, a warm fall all the way through uh, September and October. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so. So I was there for three years, and I worked in the cellar the whole time, and really kind of was able to learn the mechanics of the cellar, you know. Cellar work is the same whether you're making, you know, American varieties right. or French you know, it's right. it's racking and filtering right. and um barrel and just, season and not barrel season. Right, bottling season yep. and filter you know, all that stuff. So and then um decided that I wanted to do this as a career. So I moved out to um France in two thousand five
3: nice, nice move. How, does that, how does that work do do, I, I,
0: I totally missed that part of my career
3: yeah me yeah, too man. i know do you know someone in france or you just say well i'm gonna stuff a bunch of clothes in my backpack and go out there and get a, and work, hope visa? I get a job or
1: so a good friend of mine's girlfriend then wife now uh sold sold wines in chicago and they carried this ruined producer who loved taking uh uh, interns, uh, from America, and she hooked me up with him. And, you know, within two months, I was planning on moving to, uh, to France.
0: Did you speak
2: French?
1: What? No.
2: Did you do an, do you immer- now? an immersion no. course? <laughs> Excuse me, s'il vous play Yeah.
1: So it's kind of a funny story. So my girlfriend then, wife now, uh, Christy, um, you know, we were living in Philadelphia, and I was actually commuting out to the, uh, to the winery, and, um, you know, basically, we had dinner one night, and I was, I basically told her, I'm, I'm, I'm moving to France, you can come with me if you want, and she pretty much quit her job the next day. And wow, that's we awesome. decided We decided we were going. Where cool.
2: did you move to?
1: Uh, so in the we were in, region. So, we were in the Northern Road. Okay. Uh, I worked for a producer, Pierre Gayard. Oh, okay. Um, And that's kind of how... <laughs> stepped
3: uh, right up to the plate.
4: Yeah, no like kidding. That.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, went out there. Spoke very little French. Um, we took a couple conversational classes uh, before we moved out there. Um, but
2: pretty <laughs> much everybody. In France, speaks English,
1: mm. except in the
3: little
2: Especially, towns, you know, those little in the, the little country. villages are, yeah, they're they're tough. But you get they into I mean,
0: point a lot.
2: Yeah. Anywhere there's a hotel, anywhere there's a restaurant, they're pretty good about it. Uh, <laughs> the
0: town, the the hotel owner in the town
1: we lived in did not speak very good English, and but we we learn and luckily we well, try, you know, we try, and and. They are very proud of their language, so they make you speak it until yeah. you get it right. Yeah. So that always helps. And um,
2: Oh, I remember having to hold out money and basically just say, t- take right. what you need. You I mean, know? the nice thing is is
0: when, once you get out of Paris, and Paris is the only big town I've been to, you get out there in the wine country and down there, I mean, people are nice. Yeah. And they're genuine, and um, there's not as much attitude.
1: No, and Parisians are like any other... It's not just Parisians. It's, I, I always think it's it's big cities. Right. Yeah, you it's know. big cities. You're right.
2: I
0: mean, well, they you,
3: probably say yeah. that about people from New York. Right. And exactly. Chicago right. and L.A. Right. Right. and right. Right. et cetera.
1: Nobody you has know. time for anybody. No. no. Right. right. Um,
2: but you get into the country like Sonoma,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: there's really, you know, I mean, we've been there a lot. I don't know that I've been to another town exactly like Sonoma. Uh, they tend to be a little smaller, though. Well, where you and Terry had your honeymoon, and John and I like to stay there, right along the river in yeah. Loire. Um, beautiful spots, just mm-hmm. stunning. Yeah. I, I could re- seriously move there tomorrow. If I had some kind of visa, I would. <laughs> or you knew Pierre
3: Gaillard.
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Did you call him Pierre or Mr. Gaillard? Pierre. <laughs>
1: nice. If, so, if if I if I would have known better, I probably would have called him Mr. Gayard, but, yeah. you know, I was young and, No, of you know, course, of course, um, and respectful. And, How
2: old were you when you moved over?
1: Uh, 25? 26. And
2: did you get a work visa? Were the, was that what was happening then, or could you just... Sure. <laughs> yeah, okay,
1: right. there you go. <laughs> um, it, it took, you know, we... We were going through it, and uh, you know, it it took a long time to figure it out and go down to the French consulate in D.C. and and do all this stuff. And by the time I was supposed to be over there, it just never, right? Just never worked out. So we just Split. we just went and said we'll figure it out when we get there. And, and it, what and you, you did. you've got and a we, passport, you know? Right, what right. are you here
2: for? Right. Vacation, right? Well, you know, I mean,
1: right? And you have 90 days on that, which you know we. Probably we definitely uh, went a little too long on
4: that.
2: Yeah. Oh, I've heard people go ninety and ninety and ninety and continue until right, right. <laughs> until the toss. Every
4: time we got, every time
1: we got in the car, we'd say to each other, "All right, when did we get here?" You know,
0: in right. case change it, the date. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, so I've picked up this wine before at the Roan Room, the Viognier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is good. It and it's delicious. Beautiful. Um, tell me, what is your you know basic wine making regime for this wine?
1: So this kind of went very different than I usually make wines.
0: Um, I'm typically
1: pretty pretty hands off um, i I try and do everything unfined and unfiltered and even even the whites um, But this wine, when it finished primary fermentation last year, it just tasted and smelled amazing and i was I just said to myself, i wanna preserve this right here this is this is the wine I want to make so. Right after primary fermentation, I, I sulfured it and didn't let it go through mallow and um, sat in neutral oak barrels for about seven months. Uh, stirred it monthly to give it a little bit more creaminess.
0: Did, was, it, was it fermented in the same barrels?
1: No, it was fermented in uh, stainless steel. In stainless steel and, stainless and then transferred. In neutral. Cool. Yeah. And then, um, but we stirred up the tanks and brought all the lees from the tank yep. into, into the barrel so we could stir them monthly. And then, um,
2: and you said a neutral oak. Neutral oak, oh.
0: yeah. Like. What, what I really like about it is, you know, sometimes vignets can have an oiliness, right. which is very nice, but sometimes it can be a bit much. This is richness without the oiliness.
3: I've, I've always been a fan of Kieran's vignets, and this one, it, it's very different too. I think the vintage before this, he sourced fruit from Stagecoach mm-hmm. um, Vineyard and very a um, esque um, I think it was a little more voluptuous uh, yeah. style. Um, but the, the, I love vignets when they're done right. When I, When I don't, like them is when they're a little bit too peachy, apricotty, um, almost um, um, appear to be, uh, su- you know, have a little too much um, sweetness. Um, but these ones are always nice. He always has that really nice balance of yeah. that acid.
4: Yeah. Well, different. and
2: sometimes the the nose on it is so strong mm-hmm. and right. so different than how it tastes. Right. And that really throws me off. It's a beautiful wine.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I try to take... I mean, this is kind of my winemaking approach is just trying to deal with the vintage every year and not trying to make... Right. As a small producer, it's nice. I don't have to be... You know, you want consistency and quality, but you don't have to be consistent in the way the wines taste.
0: Correct. I agree with you completely. Um, How many can, cases you, of Because you know what? That's the... Sorry, John. So. That, that, that's the... Um, that's the story of the vintage, right? right. If you right. try to make the same wine every year without taking the consideration of the vintage, then, um,
3: you know. Well, and you can do that with blending, the larger. Then it's places. Made you made do that the with lab. blending, right. they try and make the cuvee style. But this yeah. is, yeah, right. you really, like I said, I, I loved Karen's wine last year, the, the vintage before, and I love this one, too. We're actually carrying this at uh, Sante. Um, uh, so how did you get from France? At, well, how long did you work there in France?
1: Uh, we were there...
3: How long, I'm sorry, how long did you outstay your, uh, (laughs) visa?
1: (laughs) We were over there for about nine months. Um, and we traveled the last month. So... So so
3: you worked basically eight months. Yeah. Did everything from, um, harvest to... So
1: started out, you know, you know, going out, I was the, the, you know, if you know those vineyards, they're very steep hillsides up to, you know, 50 degree slopes. And... I, you know, maybe because I was the intern, I became, you know, the backpack guy where you have to put the backpack on and walk up and down the vineyard. And you're everyone, right. Everyone <laughs> you dumps the their intern. buckets in and you have to walk up yep. to... Strong like bull. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah,
3: I'm, I'm married. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm packing the mule. I've got to carry everything.
1: <laughs> walk up to the, you know, the truck and dump the grapes, walk back down. And so, you know, did that. Um, the season was, you know, because it was predominantly Syrah and Vignes. So the season was probably... In terms of picking probably three weeks long once we got into the into the vineyard and right into the Syrah you know it was probably three weeks to a month that we were out in the vineyards and then was in the cellar um probably through Christmas and then uh lots of vineyard work you know labor pruning rebuilding walls you know anything basically anything I could do to to stay there
3: and what's your wife doing while you're at work during the day
1: she lucked out. She was getting her dissertation for grad school. So she was writing that while I was... Oh, nice. So she she's
3: it. sitting in a French countryside and she's <laughs> right. looking out at right. like olive trees and writing her dissertation. Do it, doing
1: doing schoolwork. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, um, and yeah, drinking wine, eating cheese and... And,
3: and then um, you're taking her out to dinner uh, once a week or something. And
2: yeah. The, the homes we
3: looked <laughs> at there were not that
2: expensive. I mean, you could, you know, there there are little places outside of town that, you know, little suburban areas yeah. where they're cute little cottages, and they've got the shutters, and they look very French, and they're only a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, and maybe two bedrooms and a bath, but, that, right. you know, but that's fine. right? Um, you know, but they must have put
3: you up, right? Are you staying on property? or So
1: because Christy came with me, we rented a house from the Gay Arts. They had a property down in... Um, this little 14th century, the most <laughs> idyllic town you've ever seen in your <laughs> wow. life, up on like a hillside, and um, so we rented we rented like a flat from from them. Um, if I came by myself, they would have put me up. Right. Um, but it was it was an amazing experience. They they fed us. You know, if we are out in the vineyards, we went out to lunch every day um, to some unbelievable restaurants. You know, we sat down with the whole crew and took two hour lunches every day. Bring
3: bottles of wine
4: and.
1: Yeah, well, they, yeah, yeah. and you know, at, at break time when we were at the winery, my favorite story to tell is, um, you know, break time, ten o'clock, we'd be eating, eating salamis and and drinking wine, and yeah. Pierre let us take wines out of his cellar, and his only rule was we couldn't take anything if he had less than three. <laughs> So we, you know, it would be like. So, whatever vintage.
0: I mean, there or, probably was, yeah. a, I mean, that, there's a lot of wine probably in that cellar. Yeah. There's probably yeah. not many that were down to three. You know, right. we
1: would be elbowing each other, racing each other into the cellar to, to get in there and be able to like, pick the <laughs> oh, wine man. for. It. So, it was, it was a pretty amazing experience. And then um, basically decided we wanted, when we came back to the States, that we were going to move to California and, and, you know.
3: So, when make you, when go you this. left France, and went back to Philly.
1: For like, I, w- I was in Philly for like two months and then moved out here
3: and decided, decided. Philly, we're not going to work at the Philly winery anymore if we're going to do this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I had an interview, a phone interview while I was still in France um, to work out here. So, um, who was
0: your first job out here with?
1: I worked in the cellar at uh, Cake Bread. Mm-hmm. Um, nice, which, nice start, yeah. Yeah, which was unbelievable. Beautiful. I mean, they make a lot of wine, but like, they, they do it right. Um, yeah. Great family to work for. And I, I do not take that job yeah. for. Planning. No, you landed I, it lucky there. It was there. an amazing. It was an amazing experience to work there. And then um, after that, I moved on to Paul Hobbs, um, and I was there for for three years. I started out in the cellar there, and then uh, moved up into the enologist position, uh, and moved over to his second winery, Crossbarn, yep. in two thousand eight when he built that. Um, and
3: what's a knowledge, so just so people out there that don't know what what does that mean?
1: It's basically you're running all you're you're basically running the lab of of the winery.
3: So you're checking checking
1: sulfur levels, acid levels, sugar levels, um, you know, basically
0: monitoring the health of the wine. Correct right. In the yeah. it right. on you know, most likely a monthly basis. Uh, monthly. Yeah, wearing? I
1: mean, it's a daily basis. Yeah, there, but, but, like, but yeah, it's each lot. Each
0: lot, you know, usually monthly. Yeah. Huh.
1: Um, and it, it's if you want to learn about wine, uh, it's it's the best position to kind of have to do because really every single wine had to come through me before decisions were made. So right. you know, I I got to see all the the numbers and everything firsthand, and then you know, sit in meetings while they would make decisions on these on these wines based on the numbers and tastes. So And you right. know,
0: those numbers they're all forever changing right. and situations are always different. So his experience with seeing how a wine reacted, you know, after an addition or something is very valuable to the winemakers right. who may not be, you know, memorizing those.
3: Things. And is that stuff typically you would go to Davis and that's the kind of stuff you you would yeah. take classes for, but you're you're basically getting it right on the job just
1: on the job. I mean I did take like uh you know classes at Davis to okay. learn how to, you know, run the equipment in the lab, but right. it was all first hand experience. Right. Um so that was an unbelievable opportunity and then I uh moved on to uh Napa and went to Jericho Canyon. Right. Um
0: work with was mr ramey still involved at that point
1: no no when i got hired on um aaron pott came on oh at yeah the, at yeah this, that's right at the same time yeah and also uh michelle roland so i uh, oh yes mr roland yeah so i've been i've been very fortunate and before i t- when i took the job i didn't know either of those two were going to be on yeah um but i've hmm. been super fortunate to to you know work for some of the great minds of of the wine world yeah. so that's awesome
0: um
3: yeah. It sounds like you got a pretty good, uh, you got a pretty good ride.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not complaining. Yeah. But, uh, while I was at Hobbs, I, st- I started making my own, my own wines. Um, so 2009 was my first vintage and I started out just making Syrah, um, because cause I was obsessed with it after I left France and decided right. that's, that's, that's what I wanted to make. and took a while to find the vineyard that I wanted to work with. And then, uh,
3: um, How does that work? Does you're working for Paul Haas and You you tell him, hey, I'm gonna make a little wine on the side, or you know, you, you kind of rely did he on let it.
0: you make it there? Or did you have to make it elsewhere?
1: No, I made it elsewhere. Um, I didn't really ask. I mean, because there's a lot of kid, there's a lot of people there, and you know, yeah. he probably would have let me, but I didn't want to be, you know, Pandora's box. No, he, absolutely, he let me, and right. then everybody else started asking, so I figured it would just. It would just be easier. Uh, I made it at uh, uh, Adobe Road in in uh, Petaluma.
0: Yeah.
3: And how'd you find the first grapes?
1: Lots of tasting and talking with people and, and uh, so just
0: who, through yeah, people who would actually uh, sell them grapes?
3: Well, well, well yeah. It's just <laughs> through people I'm you knew ch- at yeah. the time and and said you know I'm interested in buying how and how much? How much are you so for your first vintage? You're thinking I want to make how much wine?
1: Um.
3: Or was it even up to you? You had to take it all.
1: That's a funny story (laughs) because I probably should have taken a lot less.
3: Right? (laughs) So you got in a little over (laughs) your head that first time?
1: Right. But, you know, the wines turned out awesome and, you know. uh, But, yeah, I I probably took a little more knowing.
3: And what's a little more? So you're planning? I I
1: took four tons, so 250 cases.
3: Wow. Uh, Yeah, so. And you have basically no restaurant connections. You're you're thinking, I'm just going to make this killer wine and fuck it, we'll just we'll yeah. sell it somewhere, right? Right, right. And,
1: <laughs> you know, you're young and dumb and you think, you know. Well, and your oh, wife your wife is gonna...
3: obviously down with the idea. Right. Otherwise, you'd be in big trouble. You're
1: like, oh, <laughs> our wine's yeah. going to be great. It's going to sell itself. And then you realize Sanders, it doesn't DNA. sell itself. It's Syrah. <laughs> yeah, it's Syrah. <laughs> right. And you really need to work at selling wines. It doesn't matter right. how good they are. You right. really got to. Well, not everyone get... has the
3: same love affair with Syrah. Right,
0: right. Yeah. I, I made a I made my first Syrah in two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and all I can say is thank God for the girl and the fig. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Man,
2: I'm I'm a
3: big raw
2: fan. I I like it. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm buying it from Sam. I'm buying it from everybody. I well, can. She's just drinking so it's it. Like, it's getting man. it in
3: people's mouths. I mean, w- once they try it, it's just, the problem. Is everyone comes in just like Sante and they they want a cab? Look at Sam. You're a beautiful man. Look at you with that. <laughs> Sam well, just showed up and Sam, he has, are you he has, are you he he that it? you growing it back already. It looks like he's
5: growing it back already. Well, I'm not shaving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. So yeah. you're not you're not trying to hold this thing. You're like N- no. It was for Halloween. I'm back. It was. It was. It a was really like literally was a week ago yesterday. Yeah. So yeah, it was a
5: week.
2: Congratulations, first of all, everybody. Sam Couture just walked How's in. It going? Has our fifth today, and um, very interesting. You last show we did, you made a statement that you would shave your beard.
0: Yeah, and it was kind of like before. as you were walking out the door, you yeah. just kind of threw it out there. And, and you know what? Before, so that was you
2: started we, to GoFundMe that started night. Started to
5: GoFundMe that night, and in the by morning the time you had eighteen hundred bucks. Yeah, by the time the episode <laughs> went live, uh, I had hit and exceeded the goal uh, twenty three hundred dollars worth of people who hated my beard. Yeah, so. I tell you,
2: that was. But you made a great Jake Blues. You really did, honestly. It looked Thank great. You. So um, I,
5: smi- I smiled too much. I Actually, w- went back and watched the movie. Uh, the other night, and I, just, I, <laughs> I smiled more than a Blues Brother. It was also really hard to, like, wear sunglasses inside all day. <laughs> I don't know how they did it in the movie.
2: <laughs> he could have paid a lot of money for that, yeah, <laughs> believe they, they. they
5: probably needed to have sunglasses on, too. You know, with, I'm sure, because like, his
2: eyes were a, a completely red all the time, you know. That, that was a time when the Blues Brothers were... Uh, they were out having a good time, yeah. so... Uh, welcome to the show anyway today Thanks. so uh, we've, we've just been starting with uh, uh, karen's uh, viognier and talking about his time in france and how he kind of got started etc so
3: and i've i've moved on to the syrahs karen brought a couple syrahs one is the 2010 and one uh, 2013 well i yeah. can't pour out the viognier yeah, so I, got I, I got the 10 of my well, i drank the right viognier you don't have to you don't have to pour it out john
2: I didn't. (sighs) But I will hit that uh, Syrah. So
1: So they're both different names, but they're both from the same vineyard. They're all from Vivia Vineyard over on the west side of Bennett Valley.
5: Have we we discussed how the... Fire was in that vineyard. Have you been back up there since? I, I mean, I'm well, sure you picked before. I did not. You hadn't
1: I, picked. I picked the night of. You
5: picked the night. Wow. of. So yeah, I remember. I remember serious. reading this on. I, so a I lost post my. I
1: lost the 2017 vintage from there. They picked the night of, and I woke up at like 3:30 in the morning to a huge glow out my window, and I texted uh, Chris Boland, who's the vineyard manager there and said hey you know there's crazy fires around here are you guys still picking And he's he said they just got evacuated all everything was picked it's sitting in bins and they got evacuated oh, no and um so everything um everything sat there for you know 12 days until we could get back into the vineyard and We'll Went it back there and meal. it looked like, uh, you know... <laughs>
2: that was my next question. Raisined, what the hell
1: did it of look like? Raisins in a bin. And, uh, <sighs> yeah, pretty pretty depressing.
5: Um, so no like whole cluster fermentation going there? No, <laughs> just... <it> looked,
1: <laughs> I wish. I yeah. would have taken it if it was. It would have been as natural as you could
5: get, but yep. no. That's a about worst case scenario. Right, for everybody. Yeah, it I really mean, is. You could...
2: Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard this one.
5: Because you could... Uh, we waited on a bunch of stuff that you couldn't get back and picked, and at least there's juice, right? Right. Or, but and I've heard of people who picked and then stashed it in a cellar for a few days. This was Napa. They they were picking that night and they were able to get it into like a cave and get back to it later in the week and crush it. But yeah, I, you know, I, did stuck, that work? Stuck in the vineyard, harvested. Uh, did any of this work? We well, we won't know. We don't know they don't know do you yeah. know did anything work Did well, anything I, work I, this year for you yeah, guys winemakers? Yeah. i don't know
0: you know again i i <laughs> i we have some stuff that's showing um smoke taint and at this point at least you know it's sometimes you go oh there it is and sometimes you go man that smells great what is this again so i guess time will tell time will tell
1: it's a creeper i remember in 2008 i found like making some some pinot um from anderson, Mand- valley. Yeah, anderson valley yeah and i've fermenting it didn't seem like it was in there and yeah. then a couple months in barrel it was like okay there it is yeah yeah so uh, i think
5: and were you getting lab results that said it was there before you could tell well, that it I, was d- there? I
1: don't think this was kind of the time this is when ets kind of figured out how to do all this so it was all kind of on the on the forefront of trying to figure right. out smoke. And, and then
0: I think also they were, I mean, once they figured out what the number was, they didn't mm-hmm. really know what that meant until right. after that.
5: Right. I mean, I, I went to this conference uh, this, uh, that the Napa Vintners put on a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still not sure that anybody knows exactly no. what this means. Um, you know, it seems like uh, this vintage will actually give us some of the most, you know, the best real numbers as far as, you know, data that can actually um, show what any of this means and if any of our,
0: you know, mitigation tools actually work. and Right. You know. I mean, I guess, you know, part of it is that with the time frame when the fire is and where the grapes are in development, you know, and then like you say, then what you did, I mean, at Lasseter, we literally rinsed grapes and the fruit that was in good shape when you rinsed it, the, what came out was... the It wasn't pink water. It wasn't the grapes given juice. It was gray. So it was definitely ash or something coming out. Um,
2: but you got so, it off. That's the yeah, key.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we left a lot out there also. I mean, we, we picked the, just the heart of a block and left the edges because it was burned completely around the edges. So.
2: Mm, God. Well, how was that conference in, in Napa, Sam? I mean, what... What did they address, and was it good for
5: you? And um, I, really, the thing that I left from it was we don't really know yet. And a lot of, because there's so many variables. Yeah, you're not going to know most for how of many the, years? M- most of the, for a few years, most of the, the smoke taint, and I don't, the the 2008 fires that, that Kieran's bringing up, um, rarely has there been a smoke incident that was this late into the growing season um and so we have a few things that we get to do with this you know there's some vineyards that some of it had been picked before the fire some of it was picked after the fire now we can have the ability to compare you know a a control and a variable um well you were
2: 80 or 90% picked
5: we were about 70% picked Uh, and most of what wasn't picked was high elevation Cabernet um and, you know, vineyards that were circumnavigated by by fire. I don't know if we picked the outside or n- not. I mean, the fire at, at Lassiter was way different than it was at the top of, of absolutely. You know, that first night at Lassiter was much hotter. It was burning things other than the woods. Um, and I think that all had a very different effect. You know, when it was burning at, like, Cayman's and the Simons Vineyard where we get our cab, uh, it was Burning wildland underbrush at a slow, you know, kind of slow
0: and low. Um, it wasn't burning, you know, entire could, stands of trees. Right, and and that's a you know, it's going to have a different effect. So different
5: I, temperature, different smoke. Yeah.
0: So.
2: so the so it did turn out good, and you learned something
0: anyway. The conference. Yeah, the conference. Well, <laughs> oh, that's that's the whole idea. So, ETS you know.
1: just said keep sending us your samples and paying for them.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Karen, and, we'll, and we'll let you know when we figure it out. <laughs> yeah,
4: exactly. So Karen,
3: what do you do? So your your entire vintage of Syrah is pretty much...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a... So we, up at the winery, so I lease a winery up in Dry Creek, and we had Syrah on that property that we just bought it over to Grenache. Um, so that was its first year, so there was basically nothing on the vines. So I would have been able to take... S- grapes from there also so pretty much my my entire red production this year is uh gone wow yeah
2: buy everything you can from what's on the
3: shelf right now yeah so yeah. well yeah like this 2010 do you are, do you still have some of this 2010 i do, or have, you
1: a, I do have a little bit of it yeah okay yeah. now
3: um tell everybody because
2: we, we go worldwide um how they can get in touch with you and buy your wines
1: uh, our website's the easiest place. It's uh, com or krwines.com. Either one works. And
2: it's K-I-E-R-A-N. Correct. Robinson. Correct. Perfect. If okay. you're in
1: Japan, it's not K-I-R-A-N. Right. It's like the beer. So. <laughs> but if
0: they would like to buy
1: Karen Rimes, You're going
3: right? to send it. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yes, I'll find a way. Um, I'm also in probably about six or seven states. If you're listening in... New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Washington, D.C., Illinois, um, Tennessee. Um,
2: You've got some distribution, then.
1: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I like being originally from Philadelphia. I like uh, being able to go back there and and work with my distributor and see family and everything. So it's it's nice to go back there and... um,
5: the double dip. I'm about to do that too. Yeah, yeah. Actually, in Philadelphia.
2: Where are you going? And uh, when?
5: Well, I'm going to New York, and and then Philly. Uh, there happens to be Dead and Company concerts hmm. that coincide. You, maybe you are so predictable. So <laughs> predictable. <laughs> and then, uh, so you know, we got the Phil- the family in Connecticut, and then my wife's family is uh, all around Philadelphia. So, two shows at Madison Square Garden and one show. I guess it's the spectrum what Where the wherever yeah, they the, play basketball yeah, in spec- Philadelphia the, the, yeah, the it spectrum, used to be I, it used to be the, the spectrum. spectrum what is it now uh, what is I it now know. I don't even know it's something Center something Center yeah the something Center and then flying out uh, out of Philadelphia back here. so um, when is this uh, November 12th and 14th of the shows okay. at Madison Square Garden and then November 14th the Thursday of that week I think is the the uh, the show at in Philadelphia.
2: So you'll start out going to um, the ballpark in San Francisco and seeing Metallica with Dead and Company, oh, and that's this weekend. And, D- and Dave Matthews, and then you'll hit yeah, so, New York City. Uh, so, so so
0: predictable. Are, are, are there still tickets available for the one in the city? I, I don't know. Probably. I mean, there's it's
5: a lot of it's, seats. Go, uh, it's but, seats forty thousand plus yeah. the field, so yeah. um, it might be. Depends know.
2: on where you want to sit and how much you want to pay.
5: Dane, Dane is
0: pushing hard,
5: you know. What's his What's his uh, dog in the, well, in the race? Well,
0: now he's now he's into Metallica. He's wow. like discovered yeah. '90s yeah. rock, and wow. I told him, I said, you know, you're kind of catching Metallica. What you're into is not what Metallica established themselves as, and he's <laughs> like. Well, what's that about? I'm like, uh, never, yeah, mind. never <laughs> mind. Let me yeah. play you some Willie Nelson. Here, let me give you St. Anger and we'll
1: just move on I from this have, conversation. I have some tapes he can
4: borrow. <laughs> yeah.
3: Did anyone see on, I, I forget who it was on late night television, I think it was last week or the week before they did a, a mashup, they had Metallica on and they did a, do you, do you want to build a snowman mashup with Enter the Sandman? <laughs> I saw it on YouTube the other day, it was killer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just on a sidebar
0: hey, I, I am going to okay. look that one up it,
3: it was pretty funny My daughter didn't know what the hell was going on Because it started off with Would you like to build a snowman? She thought, oh this is really cool And then and She was like, wait a minute What are they doing? <laughs> it's not a Christmas song, huh, Dad right. <laughs> right. The reason why I asked when the shows are
1: going Because I, I I'm headed back to Philadelphia on Thursday To work with my, with my distributors so. Slash Maybe. visit the family Right. So as a well, family and maybe go see Den Company. Day in a few a-
2: days. I'm sure Sam can uh, work something with the tickets. I
1: have
3: a, I have a, <laughs> yeah. Sam gets tickets for everyone.
2: Either <laughs> either you know, I mean I I always used a ticket broker because I didn't want to sit way up right. where you could hear you could watch them and hear the drums. Three or four seconds after they hit them, you know. I mean, we've been, we've all been through that in the last row kind of stuff, and
0: uh, you know, when, when I, I when I worked at a record store, we had a ticket, we were a, a bass ticket outlet, and so I never sat farther back than fifth row.
2: <laughs> well, that that's the idea. I mean, when I had the agency <laughs> in awesome. Chicago, we were able to take people to. We we'd drive up to Milwaukee from Chicago because, well, let's say, the Stones or Clapton came to the United Center. And you wanted down front in Chicago is fifteen hundred bucks through a broker. I could take um, ten clients and put them up, feed them, and get them down on the fourth row up in Milwaukee for you know a few grand. Isn't that amazing? You know, so it was that much different. And uh, you know, we. So I'm I'm really spoiled. I don't want to sit in the back yeah. anymore, but. I watch it on TV, like I do. Good
5: wine and good tickets. We got John. John is a, a spoiled man, <laughs> right. um, We we yeah. have corrupted him.
2: Well, but I appreciate
5: that. I think I, I think he was corrupt yeah. <laughs> when yeah. he got here. Yeah, we right. just we just guided his <laughs> wine choices.
3: <laughs> well, okay. Well, I just got a couple questions for Karen. One is, how do you name your wines? Because you got some funny names on your wines. Okay. And then uh, number 2 question and, and you can do whichever one you want first. Um, are the Eagles going uh, oh, to go get past Are they going to get past the Patriots this year?
1: You're don't jinx me like this. I'm okay. like <laughs> being tortured. Being tor- on that table. Being babe. tortured by like I can't believe the Eagles are this good like as a Philadelphia fan, you're very very guarded. You got an MVP things.
3: quarterback. Yeah.
5: It's way yeah. it's way easier when the Eagles suck, right? Yeah. <laughs> it is. You know, you're like, well, yeah, yeah, I don't
3: you gotta relish We're this. The Niners guy. are Owen and nine. Zero and seventy. Owen <laughs> <and> forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I there's a good quarterback out there they could hire. Oh, Colin
2: Kaepernick. Uh, <laughs> I mean, come on. It's uh He's busy. get somebody in there.
1: Jesus. So I I am enjoying it, but I I'm I'm guarded. We'll see. We uh We'll see how we come in the second half of the year. So at this point, I think we're pretty much guaranteed as a playoff spot. So that we'll be playing football in January. So that's
5: you'll get into it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Play football and play football in January in Pennsylvania. And everything is kind of, you know, all of the what you know goes out the book. And if you can handle the temperature, exactly, you can handle it.
2: It's like going to a Bears game, and you know the same thing. It right. was outdoors, freezing your ass it ain't off. In Miami or San Diego? No, right. it's not. <laughs> but hey, what do you have to choose from in San Francisco at the moment? You know, not much.
5: Warriors. Yeah, <laughs> I can I was go say. Warriors. Game. <laughs>
2: well, as always, yeah. So, all right. follow. Follow. Back.
3: Yeah, I gotta yeah. get these. I want to know what what the names. These names. So I've been asked funny, this at the, funny, the restaurant.
1: It's funny. Funny you ask about Eagles. So seven hundred. These are the old Eagles colors, the like Kelly green and the silver um, and the seven. So now everything is kind of named after um, things from Philadelphia. So 700 level is the top level of the old veteran stadium where all the unruly's would would hang out and watch games. <laughs> That's
5: where the batteries get thrown from. Uh,
1: that was that was a Phillies game. <laughs> that was a Phillies game. <laughs> yeah. but batteries same, thrown?
5: Same, same stadium. Same I gotta hear
2: about this. <laughs> what happened with the batteries?
5: Uh, oh no, that's where they threw snowballs at Santa Claus. Yeah, they. Th- okay. <laughs> all right. All right.
1: Um, you have to Google that. So one, you
4: got John. 700.
1: 700 level. So that was like the top level of Veteran Stadium, and and then so we have um. That, make, that makes
5: that makes me like the v&a even more. Oh, and our second wine spill in the history of uh, Uh, winemakers here. This is why we have. Here we
4: go. uh, This is
5: why. We have a purple wine colored. (laughs) And this is uh, why you bought the uh, equipment with American Express, too, right? right? (laughs) (laughs) You
2: know what? I'll tell you, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I've got stuff down.
0: It's all cool. I was so excited to hear this story. (laughs) Go ride on, Kieran. So.
1: So now the wines are named. So we have a one straw called the R5, which comes from the Vivio Vineyard also. It's just a different section. It's kind of the lower section. The wines tend to be a little bit softer and fruit-forward. Um, and the R5 is the train line that my wife and I lived off of outside of Philadelphia. <laughs> so we didn't know each other, uh, but we both lived about five minutes from this from this train line that was like...
5: the. That's m- the... Uh- the Septa train. Septa, SEPTA, SEPTA yeah, trains. and
1: it's actually the main line. It's the original, first kind of. I don't know if you've ever heard of the main line in Philadelphia. It's like the it's suburban like area. Take the A train, babe. Um, so it was the train line that we lived off of, and then John is um, Philadelphia slang for anything. It's basically if you can't think of the name of something, you would John. say, "Can you hand me that John?" Like, if I couldn't think of the name of glass, it'd be like, hey, hand me that joint. I think that came and out of, can you hand
0: me that joint? Yeah,
5: right? I <laughs> would imagine. No, nobody in Philadelphia asked. it, so just um, take uh, And John, just so people know, I'm looking at her right here. It's J-A-W-N. Yes. Yes. So it's, uh, in California, we pronounce that differently, I think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it's also turned into things that you would say something is the John in terms of like if you if totally it, cool. If it's good or yeah. if you enjoy it, it's 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 the john. It's the john. So it's it's morphed into pretty much anything.
3: Yeah, it reminds that? me of kind of like a forget about it thing. Right. Like it right. depends what you're talking about is what
5: the meaning is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um well, it's freaking delicious, so Thank you. Um beautiful stuff. It's Thanks. the it's the john. <laughs> <It's the jaun. laughs> it is. There you go.
2: Well, god damn, I'm sorry about what happened to this year's it's, crop? This I mean, has got to you know, be, like, you know, the worst, but
1: we've got lucky. beautiful right. stuff
2: and right. let's just buy it up and make you some money and wait till next year.
1: That would be great. Yeah, I mean, but the house is fine, the family's
5: fine, you know, that's, that's all you can ask. The important for, so. things. Yep. Yeah. So, um, did we talk wine making process on these at all? No. A little bit. I can get it. Because not yet, but there's long. some great like spice and we're going to do that next, next
2: show because we're about to cut off for right now. So we're we're, <laughs> we're going to get you in. Uh-huh. Hang on. Well, everybody, thanks questions? for listening I to got the winemaker. And I got questions. Yeah, uh, you, got, you got, questions. got
0: plenty of questions. <laughs> or or you could hire him as a consultant.
1: Yeah, we talked all about that, and we really don't feel like doing it again. So. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't really want
4: to know anyway. I was just being
5: polite.
2: <laughs> so from Bart Hanson and Karen Robinson and Sam Katuri and. Well, you're Brian Casey, aren't you still? And I'm John Myers. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for listening to The Winemakers. We really, truly appreciate it. And we will see you next week with all the questions that Sam wanted to ask today. See if I can remember them. Okay, thanks a lot.